Help us now, O Lord, to draw near to thee as a family. Incline our hearts to seek thy face and graciously withdraw the veil that we may be conscious of thy presence. We ask thee graciously to forgive all that thou have seen amiss and to cleanse our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. Help us who have laid who have had much forgiveness forgiven to forgive others even to 70 times 7 keep us from envy and jealousy from pride and passion and from everything that would grieve thy holy spirit may we indeed be dead unto sin and alive unto righteousness through Jesus Christ bless those whom we love, comfort and help them in whatever circumstances they may be placed. And may they and we be finally gathered to the house of many mansions. Have mercy on all men and bring them to the knowledge of the truth. These and all other petitions we offer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and pray thee to do for us exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think for thy mercy's sake in jesus name now lord i ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see so when i speak master it will be those things you want me to say in jesus name i pray amen praise the lord we're on a series, and today is part three of the series, which is called Receiving the Fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On part two of that series, we learn to receive the fullness of God is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what we learned in part two. But one must be baptized in Jesus, which is called salvation, and be baptized like Jesus was in water. Then you will receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, the question is, and I think maybe some Christians may have this question. Why do we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Okay. Well, for many, many, many reasons, but I'm going to share some things that God put in my spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit does two important things. One, it comes upon us to empower us for service as needed. What do I mean? We operate in some spiritual gifts and we operate in some talents that we use in the world. But the Holy Spirit comes upon us to equip us to do those things that we have received freely from him. And without the power of the Holy Spirit, then you're doing it in your own flesh. You don't accomplish anything. You may sound good. 
You may even look good and appear dynamic, but nobody is fixed, changed, or helped as a result of what you just performed. Unless the Holy Spirit came upon you and empowered you to do it. Okay? Now also the Holy Spirit comes within us to develop new character at salvation. Because the old has to pass away and the new begin. Okay? Now, for the first part, I'm going to give you a scripture out of Acts 2. Acts 2, uh, verses 1 and 4, shows where the Holy Spirit came upon to do a service. So, it says... And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So what did it mean that they were all in one, on one accord? They had one purpose in mind. Okay. It says, and then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where, where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them if the holy spirit hadn't showed up and sat upon each of them none of them would have been able to be filled with him and begin to speak with other tongues verse four, four as the spirit gave them utterance amen now the Holy Spirit comes within us to develop new character. Go over to Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and uh, verses 16 through 25 reads, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. There's some other kind of spirits we've been walking in. <laughs> and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Oh, so... When you say, I just can't help it, as a believer, you just lied. Because you forgot that there's someone inside of you that can keep you from doing what you thought you couldn't help but to do. Okay, 17. For the flesh lusted against the spirit. They don't dwell together. So you are either coming in and out. You're not operating in both at the same time. So you can't operate in unclean spirit and be in the spirit of the Lord. You have just stepped out. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. These are works of the flesh. The devil didn't make you do it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That means you will not be operating in peace, joy, and happiness in the Holy Ghost. Okay? 
So, let me tell you, those are the, the, the things that we operate in or have operated in before Christ. But now that you are in Christ, you ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit so he can work his character in you, which is the fruit of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit within us will develop that new character by his Spirit one by one. And it is vitally important and necessary because of the sin in the Garden of Eden, which is that original sin that came against God's original plan for our life. God's original plan for our life was not to be in sin, uh, but to endure all of the blessings of his creation. But because of that sin, there was a crossover. <laughs> Glory, because see, you all think that evil is the opposite of good. No, it is not the opposite. It's the crossover. Would you stepped out of God's presence and crossed over into darkness. Because remember who you were before Christ. What was a sinless nature now is a sinful nature and that we have inherited from Satan, the evil traits from the deceiver. These things happen in the garden. The traits that we are born with happened in the garden, which are selfishness, pridefulness, deceitfulness, and competitiveness. Those are the traits that were lifted up in the garden that caused Eve to sin and Adam to embrace the sin who then therefore sinned. Okay? However, Jesus made a way of escape from them all by his blood and life on the cross. He also provided victory to, for us to overcome by his resurrection. And he provided a divine transformation of character by freely giving us his Holy Spirit. Amen? When he gave us his Holy Spirit, he gave us a whole different kind of character. This is why it is important that you ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, not just that the Holy Spirit is in your heart because of salvation, but that so for you to become a new creation in him and walk according to him and not according to the course of this world. Okay, Let's go over to uh, John 14. John 14, and I'm going to read verses 15 through 19 because we need to, to know God's promises to us through, um, through the gift of life, Jesus. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. <laughs> that he made abide with you. He says, I will pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper. Glory. 
do you realize that in salvation we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? We got more than this world that is against us. That's why you don't have to succumb to man's way. That's why you don't have to succumb to the majority of what's going on because they are not the majority. We have the majority with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And when you go along with what you think is the majority is speaking and exclude them, what is that saying about your salvation? He makes promises that he keeps. There won't be later on some years coming up and say, well, you know what Jesus said? That wasn't right because you see what happened? There, is, there will be no reports that's going to come up later on that said, oh, well, as a result of that, look what we have to deal with now. But you're going to get those reports later on about what's going on right now in this world. Oh, you're going to hear later on down the line. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing now. Because, see, I get some stuff that don't come on mainstream. <laughs> and all it does is confirm what the Spirit of the Lord had already put in me. Because I choose not to be ignorant. When you make that choice, he will equip you with what you need to know. It ain't, it ain't nobody special. Mm -mm. It's it's for everyone who desires to know. And he makes it available for you to know. Amen? So, okay. He says, um, okay, I'm going to go back to 15 because I don't know where I left off at. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it seeth him not. So if you're not saved, you can't begin to see or know who the Holy Spirit is. Okay? It says, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwell with you and shall be in you. This is why we know him, because he's in us. I would not leave you comfortless. I would not leave you with a help and a provider. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. Amen. That is, that is, 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 is so powerful. I mean, God, help us to see and hear deeper in your word than we have ever seen before. Let's stop just reading for the sake of reading words. Listen what he said with remembrance about where you are right now in this present day world. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. He says, you, see, mm, Jesus is saying, you know, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm not going to go up into divinity again, but I'm going to send you a comforter who's going to be with you always. And so I'm not really gone from you. <laughs> the world can't see me and don't understand, but I'm always with you. And because of that, I'll allow you to see what the world can't ever see. I'll allow you to know what the world can ever know. 
and I'll never leave you. So you will never be without my comfort. You will never be without my guide. You will never be without my direction. You will never be without my peace. You will never be without my joy. Everything I have, you've got it because I'm with you and I'll never leave you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's go over to one chapter over 16. And, 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 and I'm going to read verses 7, uh, 7 through 16. Jesus still talking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth because he can't speak anything else. He is truth. And because he is truth, he's wisdom. And wisdom comes from above. That's why we got to be in the word because you get your wisdom from him, not from any other source. And as long as you depend on what you know, you are in trouble. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Oh, God. It is absolutely necessary. <laughs> and it's to your advantage that I go away. And, 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 and then... For if I go not away, the comforter will not come. Your helper will not be here for you if I stay. Oh, glory. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Oh, God. That means that every believing believer has the comforter in them. Because Jesus said, I'm going and send him back. That he can and dwell in everybody at the same time. Is that awesome? Oh, my God. If you are not excited over that, then we need to pray the sinner's prayer so you can get saved. Verse 8, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. He will convict the world of sin. Do you understand that the presence of the Holy Spirit in you keeps you from sinning and without his presence we automatically sin do you understand that that's why I'm saying you don't have no business following anybody's advice concerning your life with Christ who don't know Christ because the Holy Spirit is not in them and cannot convict them of the wrong that they think and that they do. So he says, when I leave, the Holy Spirit is coming. And so the world can be convicted of sin and of righteousness. Why? Because without him, we're not righteous. We cannot be righteous without him. So you can't even make a righteous decision without him. That's why when you need some counseling, you don't go to worldly people and psychiatrists who don't know Jesus to counsel you and to lead you. Okay, I don't think y'all like this message. And of judgment. Why? Because Christ took on our judgment on the cross. So if you don't know him, you're going to be judged for what you do. You will have to pay the cost here for what you do. In him, we have, the, the payment has already been made by Jesus Christ. Okay, help me, help me, help me, help me, oh God, help me, Holy Ghost, Ghost. That means that because he paid the cost for us, 
When you accept him, when you do wrong, all you got to do is say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned and did such and such and such and such. And it's forgiven. But those who are not in Christ, your sins have not been paid for. And you got to pay the cost. So you can call Jesus a good, a, a good man and a prophet all you want. And think that you're in the end and you wait to the end. And see where you're going to be. He says that the world is going to be convicted of sin because they believe not on me. I just said that. Because they have not accepted him, you got to pay the cost for your sin. This is why I have been saying over and over and over again here lately, uh, because at the at the end of, of the year, as we enter into the new years, there's always like a a house cleansing where so many people die. And this is why I keep telling all of us, if anybody you know, make sure they have invited Christ into their hearts before they leave this earth so they don't have to suffer for the sins and be, be convicted for sins. Don't go along with somebody because they talk the language about God. They use certain generic words but it does not declare their salvation. Because when you have been saved by the blood of the Lamb and the cross, you have a different conviction about life and everything else than one who has not. Amen? And it's, it is just as blatant as night and day. So you need to make sure that your loved ones, your family, friends, whatever, know the Lord Jesus Christ before they leave because it is appointed unto man to die. We all are going to die. And so being upset about people who have died, you need to be upset if they were dead when they died. That means because they didn't know Jesus. That's, that's something that you won't be able to get over. But God's grace will allow us to get over the loss of our loved ones when we know that they know the Lord and they're going to be with the Lord because you know you're going to be with them one day. Yes. Amen. So, okay, of, of righteousness, because I go to my Father that you see me no more. Of righteousness, we got to be in him in order to be righteous. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. Jesus judged uh, uh, Satan when he came off the cross and was buried in the ground, in the grave. Okay, so Satan was judged then and was overcome then. Amen. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Why? Because you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And see what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in us after we're saved. He reveals things to us in his timing. There's many things that we will need to know that he's only going to give it to us in his timing because he knows when we need to hear it and when we can bear it. So he's like, I, Jesus is saying, I can't tell you all these things now. Number one, you don't, you don't want to hear them if I told you all I could tell you. Number two, you couldn't even understand it. But since I'm leaving and I'm going to send the comforter, he's going to come and he knows just the appropriate time to tell you what you need to know and how to handle it. 
also he will be able to equip you and enable you to handle some things that is too deep for you to understand now because it's not the time. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Let, I'm, I'm, I want to uh, go back to seven. I made myself notes after I finished. Back to seven. He says, let me read that again, and, and then I'll read you my notes. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The note is, the work of both Jesus and the Holy Spirit works together. Okay? Uh, but at this point, you see Jesus as Savior of men, but the Holy Spirit as the power of the church. Okay? Jesus came to save mankind. Once we save, he sent us power to equip the church to do the work that the church needs to do to make the difference in this world. Amen? Okay, all right. Now I'm going to finish. He says, verse 13, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. That's why I said, there's some revelation concerning the Bible, Jesus, and the Trinity that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us at the time of need. First of all, we couldn't even comprehend it all. We can't hold it all. So anybody that tells you, oh, I know the Bible. I done read the Bible from front to back. And I know the Bible. And I'm in the Bible every day. So I know. No, you don't know. And I'm going to tell you, you can read the same verse over and over and over again and get a different revelation each time that you read it. So you don't know. You know of it. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to you as it is needed. And I'll tell you something else. Because of the prince of the air, everyone that's sitting here or hearing the same verses that I'm reading out of this Bible, but I bet you, you all have a different interpretation of what I just said. Because of the prince of the air. Some of you got something that's so contrary to what was said because of the prince of the air. Some of you got a revelation from the Holy Spirit based on what you're facing right now today that is needed for you today. That is different from the others. Do you understand? That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because he is our God and our comforter. And, and what I needed to be guided from is different from what you need to be guided from at this moment. But he covers everything for all of us at one time. And we don't have to know about the other person's business. And only a Holy Spirit is capable of doing something like that. Not no pastor, evangelist, ap apostle, ever cannot do that for you. But if you are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, then what these people are saying up here, it will affect what you need to have affected in you if you're open to receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. 13. I left off at 13. Okay. I'm going to read that, and I'm going to try to finish 16 so I can keep on going. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you 
things to come. In other words, the Holy Spirit and Jesus didn't come to exhort themselves, but the Father, the Father in heaven. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mine and shall show it unto you. He shall glorify you with what he hears, and that is the new covenant that Jesus came to bring so that you are no longer under the law, which will, the law will condemn you when grace will lift you. Because, see, before Jesus came, the, the covenant, covenant people, the Jews and all, had to follow what the law said. And if they didn't follow the law, then they were going to be condemned. But when grace came, you didn't have to follow the law. You followed love, and the love covers all of the law because if you love him, you're going to do what is right. And then on top of that, grace says, if you missed it, you don't, you're not going to condemn and convicted and judge. You're going to be forgiven. Because my spirit comes to convict you before you dwell in sin so you can come of it and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Amen. Okay. He should glorify me for he should receive a mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father have are mine. Therefore say I that he shall take a mine and shall show it unto you. You remember somewhere else Jesus says all power and authority has been given unto me and I give it all unto you. So everything that he has gotten, he's passed it on to us. There's no reason why we cannot have victory. And victory is just like what Cherie was saying. It's not about everything working out the way you think it should work out. We ain't got enough sense to know how it should work out. Because God knows what's going to happen in the future, and we don't. And all we're looking at is how I'm going to feel now. And he's concerned about your future. And so he knows what's going to happen, and he prepares for that. And that's why he says he directs your path, not the journey. Because it's going to take it one step at a time, one moment at a time. And if you follow that, you will get beyond whatever thing is messing with you right now and you will get to the victory point and then you will look back and remember how you got over and even when you're in the bad times waiting going through the by path to get to the victory keep you with peace and joy as you're moving going forth because since you put your faith and your hope on him whatever is going on cannot defeat you and overpower you take you it just causes a little sting but it don't take you over once you give it to him oh let me tell you it is not like some kind of magic anything no god i am sick and tired of this i don't know how to handle it but i'm not giving up i'm keeping my focus on you give me a word right now so that i can get my peace and come and put my eyes on you because right now is overpowering me and i can't handle it help me to love because I'm feeling hate right now. <laughs> Glory, help me to get beyond this anger. Tell me, Lord, direct me. Keep me. Don't let me go the other way. He'll do it. When you cry out to him, he'll do it. That's all he wants to hear. He ain't looking for no super saint. They don't exist. So whoever you think is super you can forget it. They do not exist. 
some of them super saints that I have tried to get to come here to our ministry from another state to minister to people so super that we can't afford them because they gave me a price. They gave me a cost in addition to paying for the travel and the hotel stay. And I, and, and I mean thousands of dollars. And I'm like, how dare you? You coming to give me what was given to you freely. Did, you didn't pay a dime for it. And you're going to charge the body of Christ all of this money to bring them revelation from the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. How dare you? I'm like, forget it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm serious. And I'm not going to name any names. But some of these people we have made into gods. And following. I know people who leave churches to follow these people in other states on YouTube, Zoom, and TV, and all of that, and call them their pastor. Because they're so impressed with who they are. You better be impressed with Jesus Christ. Amen. So you can learn to like you, because if you like you, like you need to, you wouldn't be impressed with somebody who live in a whole other state and, 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 and ripping off the ministry. Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay. Um, you see, God has provided all that we need to have peace. Everything that we need to have peace, joy, love, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith through the power of the Holy Ghost and by the working of the Word of God. Without the word of God entering into our hearts, the transformation cannot occur because pride chokes it out. Remember what we inherited from our old evil daddy. In order to lose it, you got to put the word in there. And the word causes all of those things to dissipate. And he brings in a transformation and he brings in one of these fruit. He does it one fruit at a time. He works his character in us by one fruit at a time. Amen. Our life and thoughts must be, must be lived and used to process God's ways and not the world's way. Amen. What and who we spend the most time with is who we become and not what we say. You can say you are a good Christian and God is my father, Jesus is my savior, but act out of contrary to those words because you do not read and study the Bible. If you read and study the Bible, you cannot stay in your own way. However, I read and study books and I watch TV all the time, uh, which 90% of it is about worldly facts. Oh, yes, I am informed and up to date on the events of the day, on sports and all the popular characters, even on politics. I, I know all of that data. I just don't have the power and anointing of my Savior, Jesus Christ. 
because you ain't going to get no power and no anointing from that stuff. So why do you make it first and foremost? But it's important because, see, you don't understand. And I'm not, no, I'm not trying to understand Satan and his lies. I want you to understand that you can talk your game all you want here on earth, but there is an eternity waiting. And what you decide to do here is going to determine which one of those eternities you're going to deal with. I cannot petition God's court with my prayer, with my prayer life, because I don't know his word. You see, go over to 1 John 5, prayer, because I know we think we got the gain and gone with it. And you're going to be so surprised. 1 John 5, 13 to 15. John says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So if you are a believer in faith, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And because of your belief on the Son of God and having eternal life, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. What is the petition? In a form of prayer. She said his word. His word in a form of prayer. It's just like when you go to a legal court and you petition the court on about something, you have to submit a legal written form. When you petition the highest court in the universe, you submit a written form. You take the Bible and you personalize it in your praying to the Lord. So when you pray like that, whatever you're asking, you can have. I'm not talking about I miss prayers. I'm not talking about soulish prayers. I'm talking about you know the situation that you're dealing with, and you go to the Bible and you ask God to give you some word out of the word that fits that situation, and then you personalize it and you begin to pray it. Then you can have what you say. That's why it is so important that you be in the word and know the word. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't matter about whether you can really read good or you're having challenges with your eyesight. Since we depend on technology so much, do you know you can get the Bible on technology and you can hear? And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. So just listen. And then write out your petition by what you hear. Don't let stumbling blocks prevent you from doing what God has made available for you to do. And since everybody thinks technology is a gift from God, then use it for God. He won't be upset if you use it for him. Yes. Amen. Amen. So there's, there's ways of, of doing it. For those of us who may be who may lead, read, I'm sorry, who may read the Bible to feel proud and knowledgeable because your motivation is wrong. You too are ill-equipped. 
You don't read the Bible for the purpose of, of being able to quote the Bible and sound so, you know, that means nothing. I'm, I don't want to impress you. I want to impress the Lord. I want to impress upon you what the Lord is giving to me, not about me, but about him. So I read the Bible to get free, to get delivered, to be healed, to be made whole. So when I am preparing messages, I pray and ask God, reveal to us what you will have us to know. Not reveal to me what you want them to know. Reveal to us what you will have us to know out of your word today. Because that word is a two-edged sword. It's cutting me at the same time as cutting you. That's why you don't put people on no pedestal and think that they're so great. Because they believe the height and you cause them to be in sin. And they think they have arrived and no living soul will have arrived on earth ever. Never. You don't arrive till Jesus come back and get us. And take us home with him. We read and study the Bible to become more and more like Jesus. To have victory over sin and walk in righteousness. To not be deceived by the devices of Satan or our own prideful attitude. To stop repeating the same behavior pattern but expecting new results. To have an increase and more mature prayer life than God help. God, he, she, they did. I'm tired. No one understands. Let's come out of that baby prayer. How about examine my heart, Lord? Show me the wickedness that is in my heart. Go over to Psalms 96. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, 26. Psalms 26. And this is David. The reason why I really love songs is because this is, most of this is writing of it, not all of it, is from David. But, but David was a man who sinned but wasn't too proud to beg <laughs> and ask God to forgive him. And so all, most of his songs is, is, is real. And, and, and you can pray these songs, okay? Okay, so th this one is interesting. It says, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Oh, glory. See? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my rings and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissimilars. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not stir, I mean, I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocent, innocency. So will I compass thy altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all my wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth 
in an even place in the congregation will I bless the Lord. That is a prayer petition that declares who we should be based on what the Lord has done for and in us. You are that now that's a declaration, but it's in the Bible. It is not you talking to Satan talking about what you declared to do. What you need to declare so Satan can get out of the way. What you need to declare is what God has to say about who you supposed to be and what you supposed to be doing. And when we are in that place doing that stuff, Satan can't do so much. He cannot overpower you nor overtake you. And whatever happened is the Lord allowing it to show Satan and to raise you up to a higher height. Our prayer petition should be declaring what thus says the Lord. So I want to be right. I want to be in the right way, doing what's right, thinking what's right. Then begin to pray the word concerning that. And cry out and ask God to forgive you, show you you. You don't know all about you. We, we arrogantly think, uh, I know all about myself, but you don't know nothing about me. You know what? Nine times out of ten, somebody who's close to you know more about you than you know about yourself. Because they're watching and seeing, and because you have made up your mind with this arrogant thought, you can't see. You're blinded by your own appearance. Do you realize that? That's why you have to say, humble me, O oh Lord, so that I can see. Show me my heart the way you see it, not the way I see it, because I want to be changed. I want to be different. I want to be more like Jesus, and I don't want to walk blindly in this world. Can you imagine you've walked around with your own self-worth only to meet your master? And he said, I never knew you because he don't dwell in sin. He don't dwell in sin and he don't partner with sin. And when you choose to walk your own way, you walk in in sin. You're not having fellowship with the master. Do you realize that? You should, should feel naked. I remember when I was a child and I was living in New York and uh, I think it was up on Fulton Street. My aunt said she had rushed out to go to the store, and when that wind hit her, she realized she forgot to put on some important garments, you know, like some undergarments. I, I don't know why I always remember that, but I relate it to the Bible and prayer. When I'm rushing and I don't have time to pray, and I go out, I feel like I don't have on my undergarments because it's a protection. And, 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 and again, I'm not talking about, oh, bless me, Lord. No. I'm talking about some real, real prayer and prayer of intercession. My, when I say have my devotion, I'm not, it is not about me and, 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 and mine and my family. My intercession is about everybody that's in my sphere of influence. It is about what's going on in the world. It is about divine protection for, for 
everyone. It, it, it's about guiding me, leading me, correcting me. It's, you, do you understand what I'm saying? And then when you go out and you face some challenges, you're able to face it and, and be, be able to rise above it and not be overcome by it. Because when things don't go right because I didn't take time out to pray, I know why. I'm like, God, forgive me that I didn't take out time. And when you are praying consistently from this word, when you face a challenge, his word pops up. You could have read it one time. But when you get in that point of a challenge, that word will pop up in your head. Because that's the power of this word. There's no other book that has that kind of power. And there's no human being that has enough intelligence to tell you anything with that kind of power. But we will sit and listen to philosophy and lies and accept what people have to say. You know why we, you know why we eat that up? Because it's in our emotions. And it's, and it's, and, and it's in agreement with what, what you were feeling. But... If you got with somebody that was in agreement with what's in your heart because of what God has done, sometimes you have to face reality and say, I'm sorry, forgive me. Oh, no, I don't need to go that way. Help me, Holy Ghost. Order my steps. Re re redirect me. Oh, no, where did you get that thought from? Show me in the Bible where that comes up. So if it's in the Bible, I can embrace it. But if it isn't, I'm not accepting it. Remember, what we think or say will determine who we give authority and legal rights to in our lives. What we think and say will determine who we give authority and legal rights in our lives to. The battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a found in Ephesians 6, 12. And, uh, and let me tell you, those are levels of power. And based on what you're doing in your life will determine which level of power you're fighting, or if you're fighting all of them. That's why we have to keep our mind and hearts on God so he can guide and direct us because a lot of the stuff that we come against and we face, especially when you find yourself having a real close relationship with the Lord and you see yourself growing in the Lord, that's when devils come out to attack, to keep you from going any higher in the Lord. That's when your attention is distracted by other stuff. That's when it becomes inconvenient for you to get to church and to Bible study and all of these things because the, because the devil don't want you to meet the purpose that he knows God has set for you because he knows then he will be in trouble. Because, see, the more that you grow in Christ, the more that you come to know in Christ, you can't keep quiet about it. 
when you have a real relationship with Christ. You can't keep quiet about it. So he knows that you're going to go out and tell some of your other friends and stuff about him and going to pull them out of his kingdom and put them into the kingdom of the Lord. That's why he wants to keep you silent and don't want you to know God's word and why you'd be discouraged and not interested or when you start reading that you get so sleepy you can't hardly keep your eyes open but you can do something else and wake up. Because the devil don't want you equipped. If you are equipped, then you're going to snatch other people out of his kingdom and they're going to be into the kingdom of the Lord. And he don't want you to grow and get up to the point where you now recognize what you've been purposed to do. And we've been purposed, everything that we all been purposed to do, regardless to what your spiritual gift is, is to draw all men unto him, to pull them out of the spirit of darkness and put them into the kingdom of the light of Jesus Christ and the knowledge of who he is and all that he has done for us. Don't be deceived. It's, life is not about us. It is not about your comfort zone. It is not about your happiness. It is about the kingdom of heaven. And when you put you before that, you miss purpose. You miss purpose. Yes, we will have to suffer sometime. But he said, I'll never leave you you. You can get through it. You can, I know you can get through it. Everybody isn't going to like you. And some of those who act like they really like you, you're going to find out they don't like you. But it's okay. It's okay. Because with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they are more than the world that is against you. When they're on your side and they will get you through those times of disappointment and hurt and disillusion by lying spirits. Because let me tell you, when you find out about those folks who act like they love you and they like you, that they don't really care about you, you need to learn how to pray for them. Family members and in-laws, outlaws. <laughs> When they find out that you don't believe or think like they do, oh, just stand back. Well, get back, Jack, because I'm not changing. If I can help myself, I'm going to keep on, on this same course because you don't have a heaven or hell to put me in, and you don't give me no peace. You don't pay my bills. And since you operate based on how I make you feel, you can't love me. <laughs> because if your love is predicated on how you feel about me at the time or what I'm doing for you, you don't know how to love me. You got to love me when I'm not lovable. Amen. You got you to gotta love me no matter what. See, we don't love our children because they're good. Because if that's the case, most of the time you won't love them. So I don't need you in my life part-timer. Okay, I'm going to try to end on a positive note. <laughs> Let me tell you some of the other reasons why we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit, although they've probably been intertwined in what I've said already. But based on some of the official names of the Holy Spirit, we always need a comforter. We need an intercessor. Do you know the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf? Glory. The in Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. 
let me tell you, the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit already knows what's going to be before you, and he intercedes on your behalf for that so that you're not overcome by it. <laughs> he stands by us. Y'all want the scriptures that are supporting this? Y'all want to write these down? Okay. Comforter is John 14, 16 through 17. As our intercessor, Romans 8, 27 through 28, which is one of my favorite scriptures because that shows where the Holy Spirit uh, examines the heart and mind of God to put it into our hearts. Romans 8, 27 through 28. He stands by us, <laughs> never to leave us. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. He's our helper. Isn't it awesome? We're getting ready. We're heading into some danger zones and don't know about it, but the Holy Spirit knows. Okay. And so he prepares us so that we are not overcome by what we're about to uh, bark upon, even though we don't even know we're being prepared or we're getting ready to embark on something. Okay. And then when we get, when we get right in the middle of it, he helps us out of it. <laughs> Glory. That's why you single women, you better fall in love with Jesus first so that you will recognize a real man when you see him. Because you want a born-again man who resembles your first man, your first love. And then you won't have to struggle so much. I, I, he, the Lord has been just revealing so many things to me for the retreat, and I'm trying not to spill it all out before then, because it's just, it's just for women. <laughs> okay, he's our teacher, and we've heard a lot about that today. John 14, 26, remember those scriptures? Romans 8, 26 for helper. For teacher, John 14, 26. He's our advocate. 1 John 2, 1. So you're getting ready to go be before some legality? Hire Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. Let him defend you. Colossians 3.15. Counselor, Colossians 3.15. Our strengthener. He gives us strength and the ability to do what we can't do in the natural. James 4, 5 through 8. And I added this before I did this syllabus, after I did this syllabus rather, because I get so tired of hearing people say they're prophesying on behalf of God. He's the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19. 10. And prophecy is the word of God, not somebody reading your mail. I pray that you really did get something from, from the message today. Praise the Lord. So we do realize that having the Holy Spirit is not an extracurricular activity. It is a necessity in order to really live our lives for Christ. I know so much is said about speaking in tongues that people think that's the major of being infilled with the Holy Spirit. It's a part of it. The major is that he changes our character and put on his fruit. But it is a blessing and an aid to be able to pray in the Holy Spirit 
because when we pray in the Holy Spirit, he edifies our spirit and our soul. And he's, what he's doing is what it tells us in Romans 8, that he searches the heart of God, and then he puts it in our spirit. So you can be in a situation where you need guidance and you don't have a clue about what to do, but because you feel like you need to be doing something in this particular situation, you step out in faith, and then God uh, will lead you. When you pray in his, in his spirit, then he begins to tell you what you need to do in the spirit realm, but then he allows you to speak it out and do it in English. Amen. This is why we have to uh, depend on him. Um, sometimes we're in a position that we know we need to pray, but we just don't know how to pray. You know, in English, you don't know what to say. But if you pray in the spirit, um, you find yourself moving and doing something that you had no clue you were going to do because the spirit is leading and guiding you because of the prayer. Amen. You see, you're in a position where you know you need to pray, but you don't know how to pray. That's because God has put it in your spirit to have an unction to pray. And he don't want your business in the details of it because it is not your business. He just wants you to pray on behalf of that to come the evil that's going against someone or a country. And so you pray in the spirit and it's done in the name of Jesus. You never know what was done. But, but what you will know is that when you pray in the spirit like that, he'll give you a relief. Those who intercede like that know what I'm talking about. It's like where you feel a burden to pray and you just pray, you just pray, and then all of a sudden it lifts off of you. Then you know the prayer has been answered. And you never knew what the situation was all about, so you don't get to gossip about it. You don't get to fret about it. None of that. Isn't that awesome? Glory. You were doing work for God, and, and none of the pressure was on you. All of the burden was on him. You just stood there and did what he told you to do, and afterwards... And when you do that, you have a peace beyond all understanding. Be beyond all understanding. Amen. So there are just so many benefits and pluses concerning having the infilling of the Holy Spirit and also praying in your spirit language. Some people say praying in tongues. Some people say praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in your spirit language. I'm using all these terminologies so that you can identify to it and not think one is different than the other, okay? Satan is a counterfeiter. Recognize that. That's why when you're doing something that is out of the ordinary, try the spirits with the spirit. And he will reveal to you when it's his spirit and not some unclean spirit. Amen. So for anyone at the sound of my voice who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as I said earlier, the first thing you need to do is be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then be baptized in water so you can receive the Holy Spirit. We want to do things our way, but Jesus showed us the way. When he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, He's telling us. And after he got baptized, what happened? The dove came upon him to fill him with the Spirit. Remember, he was being baptized as a human, not in divinity, showing us what we need to do. Baptism is important. 
We have baptism coming up. And I believe that there are people who need to be baptized who've been in church almost all their lives. But you did not get saved until the latter part of your life. If, if that's the case, you do need to be baptized. The baptism that happened when you were not saved does not count. It means nothing. Because water baptism after salvation is the declaration that I have given my life to the Lord and my old nature is buried down in that water and I'm rising up in the new nature of God. So anyone that was baptized as a child or a young adult, but you did not get saved until after that fact, you need to be baptized. You have your choice to do this um, is it in April when we're doing it at, 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 at that church or in the summer we will consider doing it again at Metropolitan Beach like Jesus <laughs> but the first thing the first baptism you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart by just saying Father I am a sinner I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Come into me and live in me. I have chosen to give it all to you, Father, and I thank you for your precious gift of my Savior Jesus Christ. I also, Lord, need your Holy Spirit to walk this life in righteousness and to be like Jesus. So I thank you, Lord, for saving me and for filling me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to do the, do the benediction. Father, I thank you for your saints. Elevate them. Bring them out of their closed places so they have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what your Spirit is speaking to us during this time. Reverse what Satan has been doing so they can come out Help us, Father. Help us, Lord Jesus. I speak a special blessing upon them that your peace will dominate them. You will lift up their continents and they will be able to glorify you in their bodies, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And I'm asking you when you leave here, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. <laughs>